0: Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I am Dana K. White. I share my personal deslobification process as I figure out ways to keep my own home under control. I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 398, and I'm calling it how to work decluttering into whatever time or energy you have. So I talk about reality-based cleaning and organizing. I was on an interview recently where somebody said, what do you mean by reality-based? And I was like, well, there's a lot of things that feel like they're supposed to work on paper. It's actually pretty easy to write out a plan for decluttering, to write out a plan for changing how your house has always functioned. And yet, then there's reality and not everything works in reality the way that it does on paper. And a big part of that embracing reality, reality reality-based cleaning and organizing decluttering is acknowledging the reality of time constraints or time frustrations or time limitations, which is probably the same thing as constraints, but whatever, or energy limitations So acknowledging that, like there are a lot of things that would work in an ideal world where all the time that you needed was guaranteed to be available to you and all of the energy that you might need and decision-making power, all of that was just going to be unlimited and available whenever you needed it. But most of us, especially most of us listening right now, right? don't live in that ideal world where what is written on paper is going to work out exactly like that in real life. Okay. So we're rethinking how we declutter, which, I mean, I'm not talking about a new way to declutter. I'm talking about the way that I declutter, which is designed for myself. I came up with my decluttering strategy, which is a five-step, no mess, progress and only progress process. I came up with it for myself to be able to make real progress, even when I can't predict an amount of time that I'm going to have available. Even when I don't know when I'm just going to be done. I'm done. I can't do anymore. Okay. Even when I am guaranteed to get distracted in the middle of it, I'm going to make progress doing things this way. Okay. And so I had to rethink how I decluttered in order to eliminate some of these very best excuses. Now, just to be clear, when I say excuses, I'm not saying they're not legitimate. Okay. These are legitimate challenges. Time limitations and energy limitations are legitimate challenges that I face, that you face, that honestly, most people face when decluttering, but then there are those of us who it's extreme, right? And so... We face these challenges, but if, if, if I want to change my home and I have this legitimate challenge and then I imagine how it can't be solved and so I never do anything, that's when it flips over into being an excuse. You don't have to have millions of dollars to benefit from the advice of a financial advisor. My husband and I not only have to make decisions about our own financial planning needs, but we also have to field questions from our kids who are now on their own. That's why I was excited to hear about the on-demand financial planning for absolutely everyone from Fearless Finance. Their business is built on making financial advice accessible and affordable. They make things easy to understand and keep the stress out of making investment choices. With Fearless Finance, you meet your planner virtually who will advise you on your financial journey. Are you paying back student loans, saving for your first house? Maybe you just want to make sure your finances are okay. You can ask all your questions and get answers, no judgment. You'll be charged an hourly rate, no long-term commitment, no minimum required. Visit fearlessfinance.com today. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit, and you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use the code CLEAN. So, you know, there are excused absences, right, at school. Like, your kid misses school, and there are certain reasons why they are allowed to miss school. They had an actual you know, sickness, or they had an actual, you know, family emergency or whatever. My daughter gets like, I think two days of her senior year where she's allowed to go. It's an excused absence to go visit a college. Like these are legitimate reasons why this happens. But then there's also, you know, all teachers will say people giving excuses. Like, is it excused or is it? Anyway, I'm rambling on that, but that's what we're talking about today. Limited time and limited energy. When you are in those situations, how do you still make decluttering process? But here's the beauty of it. Okay. And I don't want to focus too hard on this because it is a perk of doing things in this way. But it's one of those things that you just have to trust me, this is going to happen in the future. Because if this becomes your focus in the beginning, it can kind of backfire and get you like, I'm not seeing this perk yet. And so I don't, maybe this isn't working, but I promise it's going to work. And that is, that when you're in a situation where you have limited time, limited energy, and you would declutter in a way to actually make real progress in whatever time, whatever energy you have, it ends up increasing time and increasing energy. So when my house was a disaster, I was spending a lot of time looking for things. I was spending a lot of time digging out to be able to do regular old tasks like cook. You know, I had to first clear the space that I needed to cook. I had to first wash the skillet to be able to use it. I had to first, you know, even just washing the skillet was its own rearranging act because the sink was full, you know, so it was Taking me a lot of time to do basic things that once I decluttered, it freed up a lot of time and then it freed up a lot of actual time, but then also like time that passed while I was feeling guilty and frustrated, you know, there were so many times where I would think, oh which thing do I do? There's so much to do, right? I know there's so much to do. Oh, that wouldn't make enough of a difference. That's not a good use of my time. And so in the meantime, I was using up a lot of time thinking about and trying to analyze the best way to use my time. And once I actually got the stuff out of my house, it just, it, it made cooking easier. It made cleaning easier. It made It made decluttering easier. The more stuff that was gone, the more I was able to see and understand quickly what else needed to go. You know, one of the reasons that I always talk about those first three steps being decision free and, you know, inner emotional energy free is that once I can get the trash the easy stuff, which easy stuff is stuff that already has a home. It's just out of its home. But once I get the trash, the easy stuff and the duh donations, like, oh, I can just go ahead and stick this in the donate box without asking myself any decluttering questions. Once I get those things out, then it increases my ability to tackle what's left because it it clarifies what there is that's left. I can see what I'm actually dealing with because All of these things that, you know, oh, I'm looking at this space and there's a old plastic cup in there that needs to go. Well, as long as it's still in there, it's another thing for me to have. But once that's gone, like I'm acting on this non decision that doesn't even need to be made. That just needs to go straight into recycling or trash or whatever I've got. When I get that out of there, it immediately makes what's left faster, right? Because now I'm only dealing with the things. Like one of, you know, as as I work on projects, I like to take a moment every once in a while and go, okay, what in here is feeling like it's something to do? But actually this part is already done. I can check that, check that, check that, check that off the list. And then I'm like, okay, now I actually know what I'm dealing with. And it just it frees up time and it frees up energy to be able to work on that. But that is something that happens. It, it it increases my energy. The more I declutter and I experience what it's like to live in a house with less stuff. I experience that it's easier to cook or clean or, you know, get out of the house quickly to do the thing because I don't have to search, you know, in six different spaces for my shoes or whatever, which by the way, if you have a German shepherd, I already was a shoe loser, but you know, she legitimately carries off my shoes. So I feel a little justified in that. But anyway, but I I'm freeing up so much time and energy from that. And I'm experiencing that that increases that energy. Cause we're going to talk about sometimes it's physical energy and sometimes it's a, I don't have the energy to deal with this. Right. Like I might have energy for some other things that sounded kind of fun, but I don't have the energy for this because ugh, just looking at the clutter makes me just feel like all the energy is just oozing out the bottom of my toe. Right. Okay. But we're not going to worry about that now, but just know that's what we're going toward, right? Like we're going toward actually freeing up time and freeing up energy as you go. But let's talk about your right now, the situation that you're actually in, how do you make progress in the midst of that? Okay. So just to be clear, in case this is your first time to listen to my podcast, welcome. Uh, Many of you, this is not your first time. And so you know, the basics of my decluttering process, but let me just share them real quickly. It's five steps. You do not have to do any more than, I mean, any step that you do, I guess a better way to say this is any step that you do it's going to move you forward. Because as we tackle a space, we never pull everything out of the space. Because even though that feels really good for two seconds, when you look at the empty spot and you think, Oh, yeah, this looks nice. It's all free and clear. And then you turn around and there's a big pile of stuff and it completely shuts you down because you're overwhelmed, right? So we never do that. Instead, we take one item at a time, make a final decision about that item, even if that's a non-decision of, oh, this is trash. And we act on that decision immediately so that we never have to think about or analyze or worry about that item again. Okay. So the, the process itself, my five-step process, if you want to get a copy of that, go to aslobcomesclean.com slash five F-I-V-E. If you go to that, I mean, if you, if you have that process and it's also in great detail in decluttering at the speed of life. And it's also in organizing for the rest of us. Two of my books, you can go to a slobcomesclean.com book. Anyway, (laughs) Um, all those, those links are always in my, my show notes on my podcast, right? But as you work through the five steps, you're making progress and only progress. In the moment, it doesn't have like a wow. Oh my goodness. Like that feeling that you get when you just pulled everything out of a space and you see the emptiness, you don't have that except that the wow comes from, oh, I have to step away because my kid needs me, or I have to step away because I totally forgot I was supposed to be doing such other thing, or I have to step away because I feel like stepping away. And I look back and I go, that space looks better than it did before. And there is literally nothing sitting in a pile or in a box somewhere that I still have to do that I need to feel guilty about, or that makes me go, oh, man, that's not real progress. Cause I still have all these other, no, every bit that I do is progress. So the the method is progress and only progress because I'm making final decisions about each item. And I'm acting on that decision by taking it to this home that I established through the decluttering questions. Okay. And Within that, something else for you to remember is that if you get to something that gets you stuck, that makes you feel like, oh, no, I don't think, even though I've got decluttering questions, mm, I'm this item, no, I can't, even though it doesn't fit, and there are other things that deserve space more than it does, I can't, uh, uh, skipping is valid. That is a valid strategy. It is better to skip an item that gets you stuck than to let yourself get stuck and quit. Because, because we're doing one item at a time, final decision by final decision and acting on those final decisions, well, go ahead and move to the next thing that you can make a final decision about that can go to its final home or leave your house, right? And your space is going to be better off. And that's our goal always remember that as we declutter using the no mess decluttering process, our goal is better. There is no way to fail at better if you do one thing. And the success that you feel from doing the one thing and being able to call that success because you made this space better, then increases your energy to be able to do another thing and another thing and another thing. And that's how we make real, real progress. Okay. And using this process is the way that you are able to make real decluttering progress with limited time and energy. I am not the person who is going to tell you that the way to make decluttering progress with limited time and energy is to just do it. Push yourself through. You can do it. Talk yourself into it. I'm not going to tell you that because I don't know your situation. I don't know if you can do that or not. And I also know from myself that talk like that backfires. I don't like people cheerleading. <laughs> I was a cheerleader. Okay. Seventh through ninth grade. But I don't like being cheerled or whatever the word would be. I don't like somebody being way too, you can do it, Dana. I'm like, yeah, I know I can do it. Thanks. And you telling me I can do it is not the reason I can do it. Okay. <laughs> it's just, it does not work well with me. It For some reason, gets on my nerves big time, right? So I am, I just want to make sure you understand that when I say, oh, you can make decluttering prog- progress in any amount of time. I'm not saying that because I'm telling you that you can do it. You can push through it. Now I'm saying, here's how you do it. You look at a space and you identify trash and you say, is there any trash in here? I'm going to put that trash in the trash bag. That is the lowest amount of energy that you can spend. And yet it is real progress. Every item that you identify as trash, not decide as trash, but just realize, oh, that's trash in here. And you throw that item away. This space is a little bit better and you have been successful and that's going to build on itself. And remember that even if you're looking for trash and there is no trash, there's always trash, but even if there actually is no trash, and this is the one time ever I've been wrong about it, you're still making progress because now you're looking at individual items, which is A part of my decluttering process is to look, look, always look. Don't assume that you know what's in there. Don't assume it's all going to be overwhelming. Once you really identify the individual items that are in there, your brain is going to start to adjust and you're going to be able to move forward. But with each step in this process, not just trash, but also easy stuff, duh, donations, where would I look for this first? All of those things, every single item is making it better. And that is being successful. That is how you declutter in whatever time and energy that you have. Not because you've pushed through, but because you've actually made real progress with every single item that you've worked on, okay? and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. For those who've been listening for a while, you may have heard me talk about how time is a container. It's a finite thing. And if I try to squeeze too much into the time that I have available, I get stressed and anxious. Therapy can be a place to talk through realistic priorities and goals, helping you deal with stress and anxiety when your days feel overwhelming. It's been great for me to talk through setting boundaries and improving coping skills with a therapist. BetterHelp is entirely online. That makes scheduling convenient and flexible. To get started, you just have to fill out a brief questionnaire that will match you with a licensed therapist. If needed, you can even switch therapists at any time for no additional chart. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash clean. I am so excited to be working outdoors in my garden again. Fresh air and sunshine really do affect my mood. I'd rather spend more time outside and less time inside making dinner. That's why I love using Prep Dish. It helps me get our meals planned and prepped for the week. I receive a weekly meal plan in my inbox every Friday that fits my family's eating style. There are four to choose from. Each comes complete with recipes, a grocery list, and a detailed plan that walks me through a short prep session and sets me up for success for the coming week. Prep dishes step-by-step meal prep plan only takes about an hour of prep each week, which I can work into my routine pretty easily. I can then get healthy homemade meals onto the table incredibly quickly throughout the week because the prep work is already done. If you're ready to free up some brain space, I've got great news for you. I got you two weeks free so you can try out the prep dish meal plans for yourself and see if they're a good fit for your family. Just go to prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for a two week free trial. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. You won't regret it. All right. So let's talk about some specific, but non-exhaustive, meaning not totally complete list of limited time, disjointed or unpredictable schedules. I have done podcasts, uh, strategy sessions with Patreon members. If you want to be a Patreon member, this is a great time. I know a lot of people do that in the new year. Uh, You can go to patreon.com slash a but disjointed or unpredictable schedules. I have done strategy sessions with people who work nights and their family's home during the day, or, you know, work three days on and four days off or whatever. And so it's hard to have this unpredictable schedule. And it's one of those things where, you know, people will say, Oh, what about, you know, routine instead of schedule, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's all great. But for me, what works best is for me to say, okay, when I have a moment that I can do something, what can I do completely that is not going to depend on me being able to do it again tomorrow at the exact same time? Like I want the thing that I do to be real, actual progress instead of the first of 50 that I'm going to do this. 50 times I'm going to do this thing because we all know it's probably not going to really happen 50 times. It's definitely not going to happen 50 times in a row, right? So what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of times I will get questions from people and they will say, how long should I be decluttering every day? And I know what's happening when they're asking that question, because I used to ask the exact same question. I had, that that was my thing. I remember first got married, I was totally shocked that my apartment was a complete disaster, even though it had always been a disaster when I'd lived by myself. But you know, I was like, wait a minute, I'm married now. I thought once I got married, this was gonna matter to me enough that it wouldn't be hard anymore. And I was very wrong about that. But anyway, I remember saying to my husband, I'm like, okay, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. And I'm pretty sure it was New Year's when I said this. Okay, here's how I'm gonna... I am going to start doing 30 minutes every day, 30 minutes of cleaning, because that's also when I thought of everything, decluttering, daily stuff, all that kind of stuff is cleaning, right? I was like, I'm going to do 30 minutes every day. That's what I'm going to do. And I remember my husband going, that's a long time every day. And me being like, yeah, but there's so much and it's got to do what, you know, like, I, I get the question a lot. How long should I be decluttering every day? And what I say is, don't ask yourself that question. Instead, if you have some time today, then declutter in a way where whatever time you have, whether you have the amount of time that you thought you had, or you don't have the amount of time you thought you had, declutter with the no mess method. So you're making progress and only progress and make whatever amount of progress you can make today. Because if you were to look at this space, this, this entryway in your house, that's, you know, got stuff everywhere. Things have been piled, things have been left. And you're like, okay, well, I, you know, I'm going to work on this for 30 minutes every day. And then maybe if I did that, I would be able to be done in a week or whatever. Don't worry about that because the first step is just trash. So, get rid of trash for whatever amount of time that you have today. And then if you have time tomorrow, great. Start with the trash again, because that lets you, you know, in, instead of think, because sometimes I'd be like, well, I did trash yesterday, so I can move to the next step. No, I'm going to start. I'm going to always start with trash because there might be things that are new here since yesterday, but then it also might make me keep on moving through the process. And if I do get to move on to the next step, because I did get all the trash yesterday and none reappeared, great that's wonderful. That's great. Okay. But I'm always going to start with trash and I'm going to work for whatever amount of time I have. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not really seeing any more trash. Okay. Next step is easy stuff. All right. I can work on easy stuff. Okay. This item belongs at the back door instead of the front door. Why? Whatever. Okay. Why in the world is my, my, not my skillet, my, um, you know, serving dish here. Oh, that's because I took somebody something and they brought back the dish and I've set it right here, whatever. And so I take those things to their homes and time's up, but I've made real progress, right? And and maybe I think, okay, well, I'm gonna do this again tomorrow. Well then tomorrow I forgot that I was busy all day long and I I didn't have any time to work on my house. Or oh, we're actually going out of town. It's gonna be three weeks, whatever. I don't know what it is, what or you know, it's time to go to work, whatever. But in the time that you have, whenever you have it, follow the no mess process. And then it doesn't matter if your schedule is unpredictable. Okay. Because the problem is when I tell myself, this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to do 30 minutes every day. And then maybe I do 30 minutes today, or maybe I tell myself, okay, and that's what I'm going to start doing tomorrow, because that's more likely what I do then tomorrow it never occurs to me to do 30 minutes or I do 30 minutes for two days in a row. And I think, I think, I think this would really make a difference. Wow. I've made a big difference in 30 minutes a day. Okay. Yes. I'm going to do this 30 minutes every day. And then life happens and I can't do the 30 minutes and I'm mad because I think, Oh no, it's all over now. Why was I thinking I could do that? Or it doesn't occur to me to do the 30 minutes. And then I realize I could have done 30 minutes yesterday. Like that's how the things go. And that's how I defeat myself before I get started. So instead to realize that even with disjointed or unpredictable schedules, I can still make progress whenever I have the chance. I don't have to predict how long a a project will take. That was one of my biggest trip ups that I always had when I thought I had to pull everything out of a space, which then meant that I really needed to completely finish this space before I did anything else in life, you know, cook dinner, eat dinner, talk to friends, whatever. I needed to finish this completely, which meant that I would look at the space. And as someone who struggled with clutter, I didn't have any confidence in myself. And so I'm like, Oh, that's probably going to take me, what, three hours? I don't have three hours. And so then I wouldn't do anything. But instead, when I'm doing the no mess process, I don't have to predict how much time a project is going to take. Instead, I know that I can work on it at whatever time I have. And whenever I need to stop, I can stop and walk away. And it's going to be fine because I've only made progress. I've never put myself in a situation that's worse than it was before. Okay. Uh, Maybe your limited time is because of regular interruptions. Maybe you have young kids and young kids are constant interruptions, right? That means that you work in whatever time that you have available. Okay. Whatever, whatever time you have available. Also, you know, one of the things with young kids that I hear a lot is, but I can't leave the room to go do whatever. Remember that trash and duh donations don't involve leaving the room. They actually don't involve leaving the space because the trash bag and recycling bin and your uh, donate box, your donatable donate box, they're right there with you. So that's no leaving of the space. You can just put things straight into, you know, those receptacles. That's the word, right? Put things straight into that. And you're making real progress by sticking stuff in the trash or recycling bin or uh, donate box, right? But... Even the stuff that is easy or is a, you know, item that you determine it's home according to where would I look for this first? So many times those items that are easy have an established home that's not outside of this room. You know, that isn't something where you would have to leave this space and leave your, you know, baby alone if you're not able to do that, right? So that which I mean, we're not going to leave babies alone, but you know what I mean? Whatever your situation is, if you can't leave that space, or if you can't leave that space because of your, which we're going to get into energy limitations, but because you you know, can't do that, there's still so much you can do without leaving that space. And that's where that skipping is a valid strategy comes into play, right? You can make this space better. You can have less in this space Only dealing with the things that you don't have to leave this spot for, right? So that doesn't mean we're setting them aside to deal with later. It just means we're skipping them. So the space is getting better and better and better. And yes, there's some stuff still in it that I'm going to have to deal with later, but we can often get rid of so much before we ever get to that that by the time we get to that, we go, oh, Well, there's three things that actually need to go in my kid's room and they can crawl after me into my kid's room. I'm going to go take those there right now, but we're not setting them aside. We're not putting them in a keep box. We're not putting them in piles that are the, you know, making a bigger mess when you declutter. We don't do that. Right. So those regular interruptions, if I do things in a way where I'm like, I'm going to be okay, it's okay. I can get interrupted in the middle of this progress process. Sorry. And I will have made progress. And that's okay. I'm going to do this in a way to acknowledge the fact that I have a life where I get regularly interrupted. It's amazing. You know, how well that works. What about you're super busy with commitments that cannot be put off while house stuff can you have a demanding job, you have a job where you're barely home. This is when you look for awkward pauses, recognize that moment at home where you think I have a little bit of time to do something, but it doesn't feel like it's even enough time to get started. Cause I'm about to have to go do such and such. I'm about to have to leave the house or start up on whatever look for awkward pauses. And remember that if you're following the no mess process, even if you've got 30 seconds, you can make actual decluttering progress because we count better and less as successful decluttering progress. And if you throw away one piece of trash, you've made it better. And that space has less, you've been successful. So look for those awkward pauses because sometimes those awkward pauses are seven minutes. Sometimes they're 40 minutes. You can get a lot done in seven minutes, a lot, if you follow the no mess process. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all. let's talk about some examples of limited energy. There are different, you know, ebb and flow of life that give you different energy levels. There are um, physical limitations that give you different energy levels. Maybe you're under a lot of stress in other areas, the jobs and things, and that is making you have very limited energy for your home. One of the things I want to talk about is how energy levels and clutter thresholds are related. It's not the only factor in your clutter threshold. Your clutter threshold being, in case you're new here, the point at which you only have in your home what you can easily keep under control. So the amount of stuff that you personally can easily keep under control. So the only way to find it is to declutter until you hit this point where you realize, oh, I can handle my house now. I only have the amount of stuff that I can actually handle. Okay. It fluctuates with different phases of life. And if you're in a phase of life or your reality for all of life is that you have very low energy levels, then a way to keep your house under control and to, to manage your home in the midst of those low energy levels is to have less stuff. Okay. Okay dealing with one item all the way, meaning it either goes to its actual already established home or home that I established according to where I would look for it first or sticking it in the donate box. But this item, I don't have to move it or make decisions about it again. It's actually going one item gone from being clutter, not having a home and and being excess, is an item that I don't have to deal with again in the future. So really focusing on less often means that I don't have the energy to take this item where I would look for it first, which often makes me evaluate, do I really have the energy for this item at all in my house? Is it something that just doesn't fit with my current life and my current energy level? It lessens the futility. I'm going to deal with this item by eliminating it so that I don't have to deal with it again in the future. Okay. It's going, getting rid of this item is going to have a lasting effect on my space and on my energy. I won't have to spend energy on this item again. So, If energy is the issue, having less stuff is very helpful. And thinking of it in that way of realizing I have energy limitations, so I'm going to get rid of more stuff than I might have at a different phase of my life where I didn't have these energy limitations and I could have handled more stuff. Okay. There's even more impact to the take it there now. Okay. But remember, skipping is fine. I I just want to say skipping an item, leaving it in this space because you can't deal with it now. Don't let it stop the decluttering progress. Go ahead and move to the next thing. Most of the time, I'm not going to say all the time, even though I want to say all the time, but what usually happens is that you skip that item. You go ahead and get rid of other things. You make so much progress that you feel empowered to realize, oh, I can just live without that. If I just live without that item, if I just stick it in the donate box, I'll be done. Worth it. Right? Okay. So here's different kinds of limited energy. You might have limited physical energy. Okay. Trash and donations are powerful and don't require walking around. Trash is right there with you. Donate The donatable donate box is right there with you. Anything you can put in there, you can make real, real progress. Okay. You may have limited... Umph. This is a word that we use in my family a lot. I'm not for sure if all families use the word oomph a lot, but I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory, right? Like I remember my daughter, I think she was eight and, uh, I don't remember what it was. I feel like I was scratching her back or something. And she said, mama, can you put a little more oomph into that? Meaning, yeah, if you're going to do this, let's, let's, let's do it. Right. is what she was saying. But when I say li- limited oomph, I mean, it's hard to get started. Maybe it's not an explainable reason or a, you know, reason that you have on paper somewhere for why you don't feel any energy. Maybe it's uh, something, you know, you're struggling with some depression or whatever. It's hard to get started. It's important to give yourself that permission to make progress without expectations or pressure to finish that is a huge part of the value of the no mess process is that it's okay to start and not feel bad when you don't finish because there's value in anything that you do, okay? And so many times just that permission allows you to get started. And it's important to see the value in non-dramatic Progress. I used to look at my house that was completely out of control. I had stuff everywhere. And then I would look at a picture of a perfect home and I would think, well, that's what I want. But then I would look back at my messy piles of stuff and I would think, oh my goodness, the thought of getting from where I am now to where I want to be. It removed all oomph from my soul, right? when I started to see small amounts of progress all along the way, even if I never got to that magazine picture that I was thinking of in my head, when I started seeing every item gone as progress, that's when I didn't need as much oomph to be able to get started. Cause I'm like, nope, it's valuable. Sometimes I had to verbally remind myself of that. But once I did it, then I saw, that I was right and it was valuable. Okay. And then there's limited emotional energy. This is a big one. I I mean, I find myself saying this more than I should probably, but it's like, I don't have, I don't have the bandwidth to deal with that right now. I don't have the emotional energy to deal with whatever it is right now. And I think, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's that decision-making energy. I can't make one more decision. Maybe in your job that pays the bills or, you know, your job as the manager of everybody's schedules in your house. I, I mean, there are times where I'm like, I, I can't make another decision. I I, I can't. I, I can't. Please don't ask me. I'll tell you, I don't want to go to that restaurant, but don't ask me which restaurant I want to go to. Like I am making real decisions all day long. One more decision it's just too much. I mean, that's honestly what I'm talking about a lot of the times with emotional energy. Okay. Maybe it's that you don't have the energy to deal with the grief that you know that you're going to encounter and that you're going to face and go through once you actually deal with this clutter. Say, I, I need to not have a day where I'm feeling all those feelings that I know I'm going to feel when I go through these sentimental items. Okay. Remember that, again, a lot of progress can be made before you ever use any emotional energy. The first three steps of the process, trash, easy stuff, dead donations, are by definition things that require no decisions. If they require a decision, then they're actually not trash, easy stuff, or a dead donation. And you can say, I'll get to that when I get to steps four and five. Okay. Those first three steps change a space, change how you feel about a space, give you momentum, build momentum, but they don't use emotional energy. And if they're using emotional energy, then that's not what you should be doing right now. Okay. So remember the process, even in those last two steps does not use emotions. We don't ask ourselves how we feel about things. We don't assess the value of an item, which a lot of times is the emotional part of it, right? It's like, oh, is this useful? Oh, might I ever use this? Is this something I should keep? Blah, blah, blah. We don't do that. We don't ask ourselves those kinds of questions. Instead, we use, you know, where would I look for it first? I'm going to take it to that spot. Is there any room for it there? Oh, there's not. Okay. Am I willing to get rid of something else in order to make the space for this item so that it has a place in my home? That's how we do things as opposed to all of these emotions. So even if you have limited emotional energy, you can still make, honestly, with my process, you can make all of your decluttering progress without ever using emotions. We're going to acknowledge the fact that emotions are real, but they're not used in the process. And so not having emotional energy, remind yourself, okay, I am going to start on these first three steps and then I'm going to keep on going if I can And if something's too hard, I can always skip it. But using the process, the way that we do, you're going to be amazed at how much progress you make before you, without ever having to use emotional energy. Uh, Remember too, that most recluttered spaces only have the first three steps in them. Meaning are going to be back to being, you know, when you've worked on a space, and then you're like, Oh no, this space is cluttered again. It feels like you're back to square one, but you're not. You made hard decisions the other time by you know, using the process so that you weren't using emotional energy, but still they were hard decisions. Now, yes, the space has had things drift into it, but it's probably only, it's really usually only the first two things. Trash and easy stuff that has drifted here. Okay. So you're probably going to make that space get back to where it was when you finished decluttering before in just using those first couple steps, right? Okay. I hope this has been helpful as you work on your home. Uh, don't forget if you're listening to this in real time, the take your house back course is on sale. If you don't have your own Christmas gift yet and People have been asking, what do you want? And you've been thinking, oh no, no, I don't know what I want. I don't need more stuff. But I've always wanted to take that Take Your House Back course. This is the time, right? So it is on sale right now. It is $97 through, I believe, January 10th. Uh, Go to aslobcomesclean.com slash take and grab it there. I know I've got the little front and end of the podcast that talked about that too, but I wanted to mention it. Um, But I do want to say this list that we've talked about of examples of limited physical energy or examples of limited time. It's not an exhaustive list, meaning I did not cover every single scenario, but if your unique situation has a different twist, the process will still work. Try the five-step process. Start with trash. Take easy steps. See the impact that it will make with whatever your unique situation, knowing that you can stop at any time that you need to, or you just want to, and you're going to have only made progress. Okay. The focus is that you don't need a set amount of time. You're going to make progress and only progress, and you can stop at any point without angst or guilt or feeling the pressure of, oh no, no. Now I just have so much more I can do before I can feel successful, okay? There is so much power in being able to make progress in any amount of time and not put yourself into a situation where you're worse off than you were before. Okay, I hope this has been helpful and I will talk to y'all next week, bye.